Welcome to the podcast about two guys who grew up in the 90s listening to grunge and pretty much overlooked everything else. Let us take you on a journey to find the music that we missed out on on Stuck in My Generation. Yes, yes, let us take you on a journey indeed. Will it be a good journey? I don't know. We'll find out. Has there been a good journey in a while? I don't know. I don't know. I can't remember the last good journey. Man. Maybe we should just do journey. (laughs) Maybe we should. Yeah. So, The Clash. Every album. All of them. Which we thought was six. And it seemed like a great idea to do a six-album discography. Little did we know. Uh One of those albums was a double album, and then one after was a triple album. I didn't even know triple albums even existed. Apparently, they they do. Apparently, they do. So we we got the the wonderful triple album, and it it took us a while. It's a good thing we started doing this whole two-week thing in between. I agree. Because we needed every single minute of it. So, Hicks, what is your experience with the clash before we did this uh not really a whole lot um i knew of uh just a few songs the the basic songs rock the casbah um what was the other one that was uh should i should i stay or should i go go? yeah so i knew of those two songs i remember the rock the casbah video actually from the very early mtv days it's kind of funny. We didn't have MTV in this area yet. Yeah. And I had a cousin that lived in Washington, D.C. that we would go visit multiple times throughout the year. And I remember she had MTV, and that's just what I went straight for. Oh, yeah. It was just, you know, I couldn't have been 10 years old, but that's what I went straight to. It's, it's good stuff. Uh, I, I have fond memories. Do you? Yeah. Like yeah. Uh, Rage Against the Machine. Like, I remember Bulls on Parade. I remember being pretty young and seeing that on TV. Yeah. And there were some weird ones, too. I can't root, man, what the heck was that song? There was this band. Oh, shoot. Maybe it'll come to me later. But but there's some shit that I didn't even like that I remember being yeah. on MTV. Yeah. And just, you know, seeing it all the time. And it getting kind of ingrained in your head, Black Hole Sun, of course. That was one of those oh, yeah. ones. You know, I saw the video for that all the time. Sure. Never saw the video for Rock the Casbah. Yeah. But I remember being a, you know, teenager, 16, 19, even into like 20, 21. And I was, I was, I liked punk. From a really young age, love yeah. punk, Pennywise, no effects, and then kind of backtracked to Sex Pistols and Misfits, and sure. And I never listened to the Clash because I had heard Rock the Casbah, exactly. And I had heard Should I Stay or Should I Go, yeah. And I was like, you know, Rock the Casbah, I hated. Yeah. I didn't like that at all. Sure. Should I Stay or Should I Go was okay, but I was like, I sorry, Mike. I was like, what, this, what's punk about this? Like, exactly. you know, and at that time, it's about the sound for me, not the attitude, not the lyrics. Yeah. But I was really confused how how The Clash was punk. And I admittedly never listened to The Clash because of those two songs. It was like, I don't care for either of them. If that's what they sound like, I, I don't know why I would try them because I just find it hard to believe that I would like this band. Right. So enter this podcast, which is what this is all about, 
going back and listening to that stuff, you didn't give a chance. I, I expected to go into this and hear nothing but music like those two songs. Okay. That didn't happen. Yeah. Completely. Uh, but, you know, I, I just, I was always so confused. People are like, punk started with the clash. And I'm like, what? What? Yeah. You know, like, so for, for the clash to have that punk moniker on their name always confused me. So I was kind of excited to do this. Yeah, I was too. Especially since I thought it was the six album banger, even though it turned out <laughs> to be a nine album yeah. ordeal when you, you know, break down the sure. the double, triple, and all that crap. Sure. Uh, but did, did you have any other experience with The Clash before this besides Rock the Casbah mm. and Should I Stay or Should I Go? No, not really. Um <sighs> I kind of felt the same way, you know, those songs, you know, when I think of punk during this time, I, my mind automatically goes to the Sex Pistols, which I'm a huge fan of. Love the Sex Pistols music. It, uh, man, I couldn't see the Sex Pistols doing a Rock the Casbah song. No, there might be some songs buried in their discography somewhere where I would think, you know, this, what, what happened to the punk sound, but I do not know of any songs by the Sex Pistols like that. So I, no. don't, I don't even know where I'm going with this. And it, I just, know that Johnny Rotten did, yeah, did some stuff. He did like some yeah, 80s new wave stuff. Yeah, and, it was bad. You know, he did some other things, but he didn't do it under the Sex Pistols moniker. So, yeah, you know, I... I I've just always been confused by the Clash, and especially punk guys that are like, "Oh, you gotta listen to the Clash." Like, why? Yeah, why? So I can rock the Casbah? I don't, I don't get it. I like, they looked punk, but yeah, they didn't they, sound. They punk. looked punk, and I, I kind of, after I got into a few albums, uh, and I want to use your quote. We'll get there. Um, I thought my theory is that people see the Clash album covers hear one or two songs and believe that there's some sort of uh, rebellious movement behind it and kind of jumped on that train without doing the research, maybe. Maybe. Yeah, and I don't know. I don't want to speak for others, but I actually started doing this. Listen, I, wa- I tried to watch a documentary on YouTube, just like a 30 minutes long about the history of The Clash, and I was so confused um, Joe Strummer, one of his, uh, biggest influences was Patti Smith, the album Horses. And I actually went and listened to a little bit of that album and I thought, well, maybe it, uh, they had a lot in common because both of their vocal skills were shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that, that's, that, that is a thing too. I never cared for the vocals of the clash. So I was... Yeah, I was worried. I worried from the get-go uh, that, I, that I would just end up listening to something I didn't like, but I was excited to do it. But uh, I'm glad you said that. We'll get that out of the way. Joe Strummer's vocals are, were not impressive to me before diving into this, so I, yeah, I was not expecting and, a lot. And sometimes people can overcompensate with their lack of vocal skills and kind of still pull it off and bullshit their way through it. Yeah. Uh, I can't think of anybody right now, but it just kind of, I don't know, is different. Um, so album number one, what did you think? Album number one. So I, again, 
Not much Clash experience from me. You got the self-titled album, 1977, is the year it was released. Mm-hmm. And I recognized the cover. I did, but, too. But I had never heard it. Uh, Jeannie Jones. Yeah. Th- this album starts out, and instantly, I'm like, this is actually my kind of punk song. Yeah. Like, this is this is my kind of punk song. And, I, and instantly, I th- thought, this is going to be a contender for my favorite song on the album. Like, sure. I like this song a lot. Sure. So the beginning is is promising. I'm like, okay, okay, I get it. The, the Clash were punk. Yeah. And, and I know a lot of people are like, you know, no, they are punk. To me, it's it's more than just an attitude and, and lyrics. It's a sound as well. Sure. And uh, the later stuff that I had heard before this to me was not punk and it's still not punk, but it's not, I had, I had heard this first song and thought, okay, okay, we're, we're getting somewhere. Maybe I like the clash after all. Maybe there's just a point that comes where I don't like the clash so much, mm-hmm. but this song was great. Uh, the second song remote control, I instantly heard a taste of the future clash. I was like, it's a little more melodic. Mm-hmm. I can see where they, ended up on rock the casbah and should i stay or should i go so i the second song on the first album i already heard a taste just a little taste of experimentation i was like oh shit here we go maybe this whole album's not gonna be punk yeah what did you think of the first couple songs uh the first song uh i liked it and when i the punk music that i like I like that thick ass bass. I like that bass sound, um, and, and it was there. So I really enjoyed the Janie Jones. Is it Janie? Janie Jones. I think so. Janie or Janie, Janie, Janie Jones. Janie Jones. I, I thought I like this, you know, and I thought, okay, this is uh, really different than Rock the Casbah. I thought, okay, good. I, I feel good about about this. Uh, track number two, Remote Control. I thought, yeah, this is okay. And then track number three, I'm so bored with the USA. During that documentary, the Clash were kind of bashing the Rolling Stones. Uh, and oh, they pissed Hicks off from the get-go they then. They pissed me off. <laughs> no. And that's completely fine. But... Track number three, I'm So Bored with the USA. Man, I could hear Keith Richards in that yeah. song. Yeah. Just the little guitar parts here yep. and there. Just a little bit of, I thought, man, I don't know. There were, there was some inspiration, I think, in there. I mean, it's probably hard not to be, even though you're a punk band. And sure. 77, Stones, Beatles, they're well into it. Almost over for the Beatles. Yeah. So I, I thought that song was, I, that was another one I loved off the album. Yeah. I didn't catch the diss. Uh, but yeah, you know, I heard the sound of the song and I thought this is, uh, this, okay. The clash so far, not so bad. Yeah. White riot, another punk song in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, and I was like, this is good shit. Yeah. Song five, hate more future clash. I was starting to get that taste of it. It's like, this is starting to get weird. You have any thoughts on four and five? Uh, four and five. I thought white riot. I thought, man, this sounds like the Ramones. This sounds like the Stooges. I'm, I'm digging this. You know, and truthfully, I came back around to this album, and I actually liked this first album better the second time that I listened to it. I felt better about it. I did listen to this one a, a handful of times. Yeah. I let it repeat one day at work, and it didn't bother me. 
you know, it didn't bother me at all, and I kind of dug it. Wasn't anything groundbreaking. I didn't yeah. hear anything like Sex Pistols right. quality. I didn't hear anything like Dead Kennedys quality, right. Misfits quality. I thought, like, I get it. They were one of the first bands. Like, there's if if you look up historic influential punk albums, like 1977, there's a there's a slew of them, and it's like Sex Pistols and The Clash and The Saints, which I'll get to at some point. Sure. And it was like, okay, I get it. Like they're they were influential. They they came out. I want to say this album was released. Maybe. I can't remember which. I shouldn't even say it. It and the Sex Pistols album was like five or six months apart. Was it really? Okay. Yeah. I was wondering about that. Yeah. So it's like, you know, forefather of punk kind of vibe. I get it. I get it. This is why people like The Clash. Some people liked this uh, flavor of punk over the other flavors. So maybe that led to a lifelong fanhood kind of thing. But I definitely understand the history. And like you said in a conversation, you said... I do respect it. Yeah. And and I do too because it is it is one of the first punk albums that had some traction and, and went anywhere. So I was respecting it too. But I also just I wasn't hearing anything groundbreaking. That doesn't mean I didn't enjoy it, because I did. Yeah. But I wasn't hearing anything like super, you know, groundbreaking or crazy. Yeah. But I was happy that it wasn't always rock the Casbah sure. from the beginning. Sure, yeah, yeah. Yep, I totally agree. Uh, track number six, What's My Name? I like that song. Track number seven, Deny. Man, this sounds like Keith Richards so much. Keith Richards' guitar sounds just, just little parts. Yeah, and that song in particular, like I heard talent. You know, I heard, yeah. I heard talent. Like a lot of punk bands just come out and they play their power chords really fast and yeah. they scream a little bit and they, you know, there's fast drums. You know, there's a, there's a, there's a formula. Yeah. And I feel like these guys had more than just that normal formula. Like I heard some of that Keith Richards inspired good guitar yeah. playing on yeah, this it was album. Good. It was good. Yeah. Yeah. So London's well, Burning. I thought that was the weakest track, maybe. Yeah. Didn't dig that one. It's kind of back and forth on this album. I was like, man, they got talent. Yeah, they're punk. Ooh, I hear Future Clash. Ooh, London's Burning kind of sucks. Yeah. <laughs> and then Career Opportunities was the ninth track, and I was like, okay, it's solid again. Yeah. Uh, Cheat, the 10th song. Mm -hmm. I heard some really good guitar work. Yeah. Really good guitar work. But I also didn't care for the tube sound effect. There was a spacey sound on this album, and I was like, to me, that early punk was straightforward guitar, bass, drums, vocals, wild, crazy, don't give a shit. This had a lot of, uh, this song in particular, Cheat, had some guitar processing and some weird digital shit, pre-80s digital shit. And I was like, mm, you know, I'm not sure about that. Like, I don't want that yet in my my punk from the 70s. Sure, yeah. So I was... I was weary about that i was and and you know it was like an echo reverb kind of weird effect like a like a digital kind of i can't explain it but if yeah. you listen to it you'll you'll hear what i'm talking about and it just it it, it was off-putting a little bit i was yeah. like you know the experimentation begins right from the get-go they they didn't make just a straightforward punk album but it was close to a straightforward punk album uh, Protex Blue was the 11th track. I thought it was a little bit poppy. Mm -hmm. Didn't care for it a lot. Police and Thieves, poppy, and a lot of Future Clash sound on this one. I was just kind of, I was losing a little bit of hope there on this album. 48 Hours was a solid jam. 
Garage Band or Garage Land was poppy, and I I was fearing the longevity of of how this would go True. throughout this process of listening to all this stuff. So it was a mixed bag on this first one. I I heard that first punk album kind of thing. I heard you know punk in general, but I also saw the future after listening to this album, and I knew the future wasn't very good. Yeah. So, did what about you, the rest of this album? Thoughts on any of the tracks? Thoughts on where it was going? The direction? Uh, I kind of enjoyed this album overall. Uh, like I said, the second time I listened to it, I enjoyed it more. I was ready to see... After the first time I listened to this, I was ready to move on. I was ready to, to see... I was expecting growth. That's yeah. what I was wanting to see. I was expecting the gas pedal to be smashed during the second album. So overall, this album was okay for me. My question to you, will you ever go back to this album? Will you go looking for this album? I honestly won't. I won't uh, either. I, I won't. I mean, there's, you know, I like the Sex Pistols okay, but but they also don't do anything major for me okay like i like them okay but the first band that actually did something major for me was dead kennedys and misfits those sounds oh, hard to beat yeah those sounds got me yeah. um so, so yeah this uh actually listening to this album there was i i looked up the wikipedia of the first you know what albums came out in this year or what albums sure. came out around this what what started punk and like we said on the Stooges episode, the Stooges really did start it yeah. as far as commercial, you know, mainstream. People were actually listening to this punk. Sure. It, it was Iggy and the Stooges. Like, no doubt about it. There may have been some other bands out there that came before them, but they didn't get big. Yeah. They didn't have records released and, and thousands and thousands at a minimum people hearing it. So I wanted to do some research and I found... The band The Saints. Yeah. And I listened to that, and the first album was pretty good, but I was like, this this is good, but this doesn't exactly kick me in the teeth either. Yeah. But their second album, which was a, was released in 79, okay. I found a gem, and it was called, uh, oh, shoot, I can't remember the name of it now, but it's The Saints' second album. It's it's a lovey title. Can't freaking remember now. But that I, you know it led to something so listening to this album led to me finding something i really enjoyed but we must go on we must continue oh, to listen a, to the clash that's all right and that's what i really enjoy about these reviews because a lot of times it will steer us in a different direction or yeah. we'll pick something else up as you just did that you know did the research and discovered the saints and stuff now back to the i want to move on with the clash but with the saints i know nothing about them other I, than a track that nor you did sent I. me are they a british group australian or? no shit australian punk band yeah really now the growth there is crazy too i went through some of their albums and they kind of went towards a cure direction okay a new wave so like as the 80s okay. and 90s so and they're then, sad they're sad yeah. Yeah. yeah it was a little bit sad sounding but but man <laughs> the, the first like couple albums i didn't go past the first couple because we had to do the clash of course i'll probably listen yeah. to the rest of the saints at some point yeah but i skimmed through some others and yeah it was an australian band punk band 
lead singer seems like a super interesting cat. So I'll probably continue to research that outside of uh, what we do week to week like sure. in, in those gaps where I need to listen to something else. I don't know why. Both of us are just hitting our mics like crazy tonight. I don't know why. I'm going to beat the shit out I'm of this just Yeah, just, <laughs> come on. I'm, I'm going to stick this thing up and just start doing that whole thing with it. Talking about it. It looks punk. like that. That's punk. Punk. This is a punk podcast. We just break shit. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I, I, you know, I was, again, that's, that's the beauty of this. Like we may not have fell in love with the clash on that first album, but in between we're like rechecking out blink 182, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm checking out, uh, other albums from Brody Daly, who is like my Freaking punk female from the Distillers releasing, you know, she had an album Spinneret, which I sent you a track sure, to. It's great. Yeah, it's good stuff. And and you know, it just led me. It got me on a punk kick, which we were on a bit of a no effects kick too. Oh my gosh! Good, yeah, great band. Yeah, I, band. I've seen the light. Yeah, it's good Plus shit. Effects. Oh my good, gosh. Good good shit. Yeah. But this led to that, you know, and I'm like, you know, okay, well, I I listened to the Clash and it was moderately enjoyable. Now I'm going to move on. And listen to some other punk in my breaks, and I found the Saints, which I never would have found if I hadn't have done this. Sure, I never even heard of them. Yeah, you know, and I dug that shit. So you know, it, it was kind of sent us down the spiral, so to speak. Yeah, and I'd like to make one comment. Um, I subscribe to both Apple Music and YouTube Music. I subscribe to just about everything. If you have something that you want me to subscribe to, <laughs> let me know and I'll, I'll send your ass some money because we just subscribe to everything. But I'll tell you, with Apple Music, it's just uh, streamlined. There's no randomness. Whereas YouTube Music, if you send me something from the distillers and I listen to a track, then it's going to take me somewhere else. It's going to oh, send yeah. me down a rabbit hole. And right. I love that so much. Yeah. And Apple Music does not. It might do that. Hmm. But, but the I didn't functionality know that. that I'm utilizing does not. Does it just go to the next, to a different track, same band? Is it? It's pretty much if you hit uh, one of their tracks, it'll take you, it'll circle me back around to. Like uh, one of the popular tracks from that group. Yeah. It'll kind of keep me on those tracks. Whereas YouTube music, it's, what's this? What's this? Oh, shit. I have to send this to Barbara. Yeah. Oh, shit. That's good, because it used to suck. Yeah. I mean, there was Google Play music before it. Okay. And it was, you know, they slowly transitioned to YouTube music, and YouTube music didn't have half of what Google Play music had. And I was like, man, this is rough. But I, but it, being a subscriber of a certain package I had, I got both of them in that same package. So I was able to just kind of go back and forth, but luckily it caught up and, and yeah, there's pretty much everything on there except for, you know, there's a few Aussie or not Aussie, a few black Sabbath albums yeah. that weren't on there, but they were, you know, Dio albums and shit. So I was fine. Oh, I didn't yeah. care. I didn't give a shit. <laughs> just didn't care. Yeah. But, uh, and I'll tell you one more thing. I don't mean to interrupt you, but yeah, while we're good. talking about these music services, I'll tell you with YouTube music, if I'm going to search for the clash, for some reason, it's going to give me on YouTube music. It'll give me everything that the clash has every ever been affiliated with so if there's six studio albums apple music will usually give me those six studio albums only yeah whereas youtube music will give me joe strummer and yeah there's so much so it's yeah so it's confusing if if the clash has one track on a 
what the hell is this? <laughs> so, Sonista, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Combat Rock. We'll just say Combat so Rock. So it's hard for me to distinguish what is the actual studio album and what is an album that they just have one track. Right. It, so Yeah. So I didn't mean to get off topic. And that happens. There, that happens. No, you're good. Uh, what's up, James Ward? He's here. What's He's up, back. buddy? Let's uh, start start us out on this second album real quick. Mm-hmm. I'm going to grab a drink and uh, look out my window. Maybe open it. It's hot in here. Start us out. Album uh, number two, Give Them Enough Rope. Can I have a beer, please? Yeah, what do you want? Uh, just hey. whatever. Yeah, please. Give Them Enough Rope, 1978. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, love the title. Love the cover. Uh, ten tracks. Track number one, Safe European Home. I thought, this is a groove. This is pretty good. I like this. Uh, track number two, English Civil War. It was okay. Track number three, Tommy Gun. I thought this was okay. And then I see track number four, Julie's Been Working for the Drug Squad. And I was hoping that this was kind of in a Beastie Boys manner, how they just kind of threw shit out there. Right. Their current life experiences that just seemed yeah. real. I love this title. I did not care for this song. I was disappointed. I was expecting more. Mm-hmm. So the first pretty much half of this album, how did you, what are your thoughts about it? First song, I'm with you on the name of the album and the cover of the album. The cover just screams punk album. Mm-hmm. Give them enough rope, screams punk title. Sure. Safe European Home, sounds like a punk song, man. Guitar stands out. Uh, I noticed the guitar stood out more than anything on the last album as far as production quality went. It was polished. It was shined. uh, And I was like, okay, you know, I do like this sound. I like that the guitars stuck out. The drums were more recessed in the background. Okay. So it was a little more like in your face with the guitar. Like, you know, we're going to show you. I'm guessing the guitar talent was the talent in this band. Yeah. So I was feeling that they noticed that and pushed it forward. And it was still kind of pump, pump, punk. So I was digging that. Thought it was a solid jam. English Civil War. I love that track. Okay. Even though it borrowed from the Ants Go Marching On, or Marching In, whatever oh it's called. Oh my gosh, you're right. Yeah. The Ants Go Marching In, or that's Marching it. On, whatever that's called. That's it. They, you know, they borrowed from that and created a little punk jam, and I enjoyed that. I thought it was clever. Good observation. I thought it was really good. Good observation. So I was digging that hardcore. Then we get to Tommy Gun. I was like, yeah, here we go. Yeah. Starting to get a little shitty. Julie's been working for the drug squad. Future Clash. I was here in the Future Clash, and I don't like it. Yeah. Uh, I'll go through the next three or four songs before handing it over to you. Well, the Last right. Gang in Town. I thought it was okay-ish. Uh, Guns on the Roof. This is weird as fuck. I don't know how to feel. I don't know how, how I don't know how to feel about this. This is just getting weird. Drug stabbing time. Better than the last few, but I'm still not digging it that much. Uh, stay free. Annoying vocals, Future Clash, I thought was lame as shit. Cheapskates, got a little punk again, a little, but I still was just, I was, I I had reservations. Last song on the album, All the Young Punks, kind of catchy, but it was also somber. And my final thoughts were, you know, I I didn't, they, their sound grew, but it grew in a direction that I wasn't fond of. Okay. Even though there was a handful of songs on this that I thought were solid follow-ups, especially English Civil War, I, I dug that song a lot. Yeah. 
but I, you know, I, I this album, I'd never even heard of it. I'd never seen the album cover. I'd ne- I knew nothing about it. At least the first album, I'd seen the album cover. So this second one was just a completely new experience for me. And I can't say that I loved it. I didn't hate it, but I didn't love it. It was just kind of like middle of the road, uh, almost sort of like a Pearl Jam album in the 2000s. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, I know what you mean. Just kind of middle of the road. I don't dislike it. I'm going to give it a shot, but, you know, it's probably not going to be on rotation again for me. Yeah, I agree. Any thoughts on the second half of the album for you? Um, I chugged through the tracks, got to track number 10, all the young... Chugged Everclear or chugged through the tracks? Chugged through the tracks. (laughs) Uh, Track number 10, all the young punks. Man, the vocals on this song were so bad. Yeah. I thought, what is going on here? This is the opposite of growth. And I thought, man, if these guys approached me, I would not sign them. I would not. It's just, it's just not. It wasn't good for me. No. And the vocals, it, it kind of. I don't know. The album was all right up to this point, and then it kind of just bled all over. And I thought, man, it's a good way to put it. Yeah, it's just it's like you cut you cut the clash open, and and just. Uh, their their true sounds started to bleed out a little bit. Yeah, and just uh, the vocals weren't there. It was bad. I I don't know how they got a. I don't. Know. I don't want to say that. <laughs> I don't know how they got a record. I deal. hate to be disrespectful. I hate deal. to be disrespectful. If I were in that position during that time, I would pass on this group. Yeah. I, because I would be afraid my boss would fire me. The words timing is everything is a real thing, you know? Yeah. And they, they came around at the right time. Yeah. With the right sound. Yeah. At, you know, and, and just they, they got on the map, which leads us to album three. Album three. Got to point out the album three, London Calling, mm-hmm. considered a, uh, amongst a shitload of publications as one of the best albums of all time. Of all time. Of all time. Outside of the Clash discography. Of all time. Of all time. Now, I want to disclaim, Uh at the time that this was released, (laughs) we had a a changing of the guard, so to speak. Okay, yeah. Punk and heavy, you know, punk and Zeppelin and, you know, the Beatles were over. Yeah. Uh, The Stones had already released a couple of their best albums and maybe, I I can't be sure of this, but maybe we're on the downswing for a minute. They were going downhill. You know, and and, and this is is kind of a new sound sort of London calling coming in. This is, uh, maybe if I was 20 or 25 when this album came out maybe i would have stronger feelings i don't think you would about i don't either (laughs) i can't lie to myself and i can't lie to you guys i'm trying to put a positive spin on this i know it's it's hard to be disrespectful towards this group for me a little bit yeah Yeah, i mean you know i've got that first album you know it set the stage for a lot of albums that i would love later yeah because a lot of punk bands still they love the Clash. Yeah, I don't know why. I don't either. But they do. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. 
the first song on this album, London Calling. Mm-hmm. I've always liked this song. I didn't yeah. know I knew this song. Yeah. I didn't. I just didn't know. But I heard it, and I was like, I have heard this song before, sure. and I do enjoy this song. Yeah. It's not exactly what I'd call punk, but it was like sort of alternative before alternative. I don't know how else to put it. Yeah. And I did enjoy it. And I was like, you know, my notes just simply say I always like this song. I have always liked this song. Uh, brand new Cadillac. Mm-hmm. I thought this is okay. Yeah. Jimmy Jazz. It ain't no Jimmy James by the Beastie Boys. <sighs> Jimmy Jazz. You, you. We had a conversation, and yeah. you sent me this track. Sure. And I was about there, anyways. Yeah. And you sent it to me, so I went ahead and skipped a little, you know, forward into this track from where I was at. Yeah. And I was like, "What the fuck is this? Yeah. What is this? Yeah." It's one of the shittiest things I've ever put in my ears. Yeah. I And it was from a band that it, up to this point I was like wishy-washy on. But this song took the wishy-washy and turned it into, you know, sewer sewer. <laughs> yeah. It, it just it just became really gross at this at this point on this track. I was like, this is this is garbage. I was don't ho- like it. I was hoping that they were mocking jazz, but I don't get the impression no. that they were mocking jazz. Judging from the future, I don't think they were mocking jazz think, a bit. I don't think they were mocking anything. Um and I thought the song Jimmy Jazz really contradicted the cover which contains a hardcore yeah. photograph of smashing, smashing a guitar. A guitar. The fu- the cover of this album is like iconic. Yeah, it is. It's and, iconic. And and by the time we get to Jimmy Jazz, I was like, why was he smashing a guitar instead of playing it at a ballroom <laughs> in front of a bunch of rich elitists sipping on the finest wine seven hundred thousand dollars combined <laughs> yeah this song makes no sense to me the, the this band creating this song makes no sense to me yeah i don't i don't get it. music scholars everywhere are just shaking their heads at us now like disrespecting one of the best albums of all time i don't understand who said it was one of the best albums of all time who he got behind him to say it was one of the best albums of all time to me you know, this is uh, this is similar to the big lie. You know, this <laughs> yeah. is a big, huge lie that this album is that great, in my opinion. I don't understand who heard this and thought, again, maybe at the time that it maybe was released, it, was it might have been groundbreaking. It may have been. <laughs> yeah, I may have listened God. to it about 40 years too late. Yeah. Yeah, it could have been the timing. I agree. At least thus far. Uh, <laughs> track number four, Hateful. This is 100% a bow diddly beat that has been mimicked by the Stones, you know. Uh, but this was a bow diddly beat with an accordion. Hey, we've yeah. got an accordion. Where did, <laughs> where did that come from? Uh, track five, Rudy Can't Fail. She I, failed. I hate this guitar sound. I do too. And this song. Track number six, Spanish Bombs. At this point, I'm walking away from this shit. My my notes say no thanks. I can't go on at this point. I actually shifted over to some Sex Pistols and listened to a little bit of them and just tried to erase this album from my mind. And I... 
Man, back to the, the one of the most influential, the greatest albums of all time. Oh my gosh. I don't even this would be I don't even know where I would put this. This isn't album. even the best clash album through three albums. It's not. For me. It's not. The first one was the best to me so far. So yeah. so for this yeah. to be considered the best amongst a whole lot of albums. Oh my god. Like one Just of the best of all time. All the great artists out there even up to even up to 1979 willie nelson rocks harder than this shit and that's not a detriment to willie i love oh, willie yeah. but willie literally is more punk than this shit it's not punk it's not punk and it pissed me off it's barely rock it pissed me off apple music labeled this as punk I thought I totally disagree. Yeah. This is I don't even know what this is. And I'm going to go on the rest of the album. I just I didn't like it. No. I no, uh, the right profile track 7 I, I, again no thanks. Lost in the supermarket. WTF is my notes. What the fuck is this? Why is this? What is this? Clamp down. I don't like this. Maybe if I was born in 19, you know, 60 I might have. Yeah. Guns of Brixton. No. Wrong and Boyo. No. What the fuck's wrong and Boyo even mean? <laughs> Death or Glory. I like this one, actually. Good jam. Okay, I found a song. Death or Glory. I kind of dug that one. Okay. So there's a jam there. Yeah. They, they caught me off guard. London Calling. Brand new Cadillac. Then I don't hear anything till Death or Glory that I like again. Coca-Cola. Kind of dug that one, too. It was actually a short, quick punk song. And I was like, come on, Clash. Keep it up. And the next song was car called The Card Cheat, and I said, damn it, Clash. I asked you to keep it up. You didn't do it. Lover's Rock was next. I didn't. I don't get this. Four Horsemen was next. Ugh. I'm not down. It's okay, kind of. And then Revolution Rock. It would have been okay for a reggae band, but this is The Clash. The last track, 19 tracks on this, by the way. Train in Vain. Oh, my gosh. Vomit Inducing was the, the note I had on this track. My final thoughts, I'm not going to say a lot of bad things about this band because I still kind of respect it, but yeah. the album is filled. Field. It's fucking filled. It's I tell you what, brother. Field. I got it's me a zero turn mower the other day and I moved my whole goddamn yard in under 57 minutes. God dang, it was fucking awesome. Drink my Bud Light and listen to the clash. Album is filled with styles and sounds that I imagine were kind of pushing the boundaries at that time. Yeah. I, and I even admitted this might have been cool in 1979, but it is not for me in 2021. Yeah. It wouldn't have been for me in 1995. Right. It just It's just simply not for me. So I hate to disrespect it at all, Yeah, but it is 1,000% not for me. James Ward says, Willie Nelson used to come to Ohio during deer season and hang out with some people down around Oak Hill for the week of gun season. Really? That is cool as hell. That is cool. Yeah, I never knew that. That's yeah. insanely cool. Yeah, it's pretty neat. I'd love to be in Oak Hill and just run into Willie down at the hot dog stand. <laughs> yeah. I visit that hot dog stand all the time because I love wieners in my mouth. And if <laughs> Willie would have been there, I could have had, I had Willie. Yeah, I could have I could have played with some Willie and had a wiener. <laughs> Fucking great. Yeah, that's fucking that's great. Wieners. By yeah. wieners, I do mean hot dogs. I, I don't, you know. But anyways. That's this, a great story. This album, just it just didn't do it for me. I, I was mind boggled as to how this was one of the best albums of all time. 
Yeah. Just completely mind-boggled. And I like it that you said this wasn't even the best Clash album. And I totally... Not to me. I agree with that. Yeah. Not to me. Yeah. Not even close. No. You know, the first album blew it away, in my opinion, because it was listenable. Yeah. Completely listenable for a guy that's into punk music. And I like experimental shit. I really do. Uh, you know, Nine Inch Nails, I know we're still veering in the whole 90s thing, but mm-hmm. that was experimental. Yeah. That was electronic. You know, there's there's bands that I like. Uh, Joy Division was kind of weird and experimental sure. and sure. kind of odd, and I love that shit. Yeah, but you they know? were good. They were real good. Yeah, I love Joy Division. You know, there's, there's stuff that's experimental and weird that's really good, and there's used stuff to, that's not. You used to do a good, uh, what was his name, Ian? Oh like, yeah, I used to do a good dance. Oh, he used shit. to mimic that dance. Yeah, I'm not I did. Spot now, and I and I know he did that whole. Uh, oh yeah, he's. I don't know about the dance, but I just remember watching the video and his eyes were just rolling in his head. He's like, I lost control again. <laughs> That's it. I lost control again. Yeah. And I was like, this dude's fucking weird. Yeah. I remember watching the video for that. Me and you. Yeah. On the. Uh, Shit, what was that? Was that was that conveyor belt where oh, we put yeah. the lids on top Skid of stuff? Skidpacker. Skidpacker. That's what it's called. <laughs> yeah. Where we throw glue sticks across the thing <laughs> over at fucking super redneck dudes like damn fuck them back. <laughs> like yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that, yeah, I we used to watch some videos of some crazy shit. And I I'm cool with experimental, but Me this too. is not yeah, my yeah. idea of good experimental music. So I was bummed out that we had a nineteen track album when i thought it was just going to be six simple albums punk at that i thought we were going to blaze through 10 to 12 tracks at two minutes a piece yeah in record time yeah. and these assholes are like no most of the songs on this album's three four and five minutes like what the fuck tool you know <laughs> yeah, yeah. what are you trying to do to me yeah. like take me on an hour and a half journey that's not good as opposed to one that is good assholes and then i read that San Denista, or whatever the hell it's called, is the follow-up to London Calling, and it is one of those critical darlings that weren't as popular as London Calling, but it was a critical darling. Three! Three LP-length album. Song after song after song after song, and I'm not going through all these motherfuckers. I can tell you that right now. I'm not going through them, because my notes say sucks. Nope. What the sweet hell is this? I hate this with everything in me. Good Lord. ZZZ as in sleeping. Is there a song I like on this fucking thing? And in the song, look here. I don't want to listen to the Cherry Poppin' Daddies. And that's exactly what this band made me do. They're like, What are they saying? Cherry Poppin' Daddies. Oh, it was like swing, swing shit. Like swing it's music like a, in the 90s. It got popular for like a yeah, millisecond. Yeah. What did the Cherry Poppin' Daddy sing? That's that's a good question now. Kind of like some Zoot Suit shit. That's it. Zoot Suit Riot. Zoot Suit was Riot. It? Okay. Woo! Okay. Zoot yeah. Suit Riot. <laughs> Woo! And I'm like, uh, I, even back then, I was like, fuck this music, man. What is this yeah, shit? Yeah, I remember like, that. Again, if I was born in 1910 and was 1935 listening to Zoot Suit Riot, I'd have been out there just fucking swinging like Carlton <laughs> from Fresh Prince. <laughs> yeah. You know, digging it. Yeah. But. That's not what this is. We're, yeah. we're in an era of punk music where this band is playing shit that sounds like a cross between the Cherry Pop and Daddies, the Police, and God knows what else. A lot of this music sounds like the Police because they try to do this reggae thing. That's a good observation. I noticed the reggae yeah. influence. A lot and- of reggae vibe. A lot of Bob Marley-ish shit. A lot of, like, you know, 
otherworldly tones. And I'm like, this is not punk to me. Yeah. Did people consider it punk? Because, oh, they switched up their sound. They'd be like, punk on one album and then the next, like, <laughs> and Joe Strummer singing in a really sorry Joe Strummer singing terribly over reggae beats. Yeah. I wasn't feeling it, man. I wasn't yeah. feeling it at all. Some of my notes on this album, this three LP long Sandinista, are is this the clash of the police? I, I don't know what this is. I don't get this. Let's go crazy. A track on this album sounded like I was watching Dora the Explorer. That's I mean, there's just some Nick Jr. type sounds on this album. And then if music could talk was a song with more sax in it than Kenny G. Yeah. And I was like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. I didn't... The whole thing. I just don't have anything. This Sandinista album, I, yeah. I have no songs on here that I liked. It was all artsy fartsy shit. And actually, I wish we could play it on here, but we would get flagged. There's a song called The Street Parade on this album, Sandinista by The Clash, and it is very clearly a Yellow Submarine ripoff. Okay. Clearly Yellow Submarine. What What was the... What, maybe it's on the next album. Yeah, it is on the next album. We'll get there. But this... Yeah, this album, this 3LP long thing... I literally, and I'm sorry, I don't mean to be disrespectful, but this Sandinista album is the worst album I have ever heard. It's pretty bad. It is hands down because of the length and because of the fact that there's not a single song on it that I enjoyed right. is the, and the hate that I had growing in my heart on this album. I like, I, I, I wanted to find every reggae band and line them up and slap them. Yeah. You know, I was like, well, how dare you inspire this shit? This is the worst album I've ever heard. Sandinista, The Clash, no disrespect. I still respect them. I understand that they like the experimental sounds. That's cool. Just not for me. Mm -hmm. This was the worst album I have ever heard in my life. This I'd rather cool. listen to ICP. That's no joke. I'm not <laughs> okay. saying that for a laugh. Okay. I would rather listen to every ICP album than have to listen to this bullshit over again. Yeah. Bring on the Great Malenko. Bring on Chicken Hunting by ICP. I don't even know what that is. You will. We're going to do them. <laughs> okay. I can't name one ICP. Uh, it might be a fun journey to actually the, do that one day. The only thing I know about ICP, I think they had a record contract with like Disney. A Disney-owned recording studio. Island Records was one they had for a while. I don't okay. know if that was it or not. And they had to, had to get out of that contract pretty quick or some kind of oh, I, bullshit. I imagine so. Yeah. But yeah, I'd rather I'd rather listen to ICP. This, this <laughs> album was terrible, and, and me and you had the conversation. Do you have any thoughts on this album before I talk about our convo after? No. I <laughs> no there's, there's just nothing. No. And that's what we talked about. Mike. We're like, this is tough. And I'm like, we don't. I don't know about you, but I don't, I don't have any notes worth talking about on this shit. This is just bad. Yeah, you know what? Why waste a half hour of you people's time talking about how much we hated this when we could move on? So, Combat Rock. You and I knew this album. This is the album that has Rock the Casbah. Yeah. Should I stay or should I go? And I will say I was encouraged, not because I love those songs, because I don't, 
but I knew that I could tolerate those songs. Sure. Like, I could hear that in a car and not have to turn it off. Like, if I just didn't, if I was feeling lazy in the car and no songs came on, I'm not going to turn them. I'm like, wrong, I don't even know what they're saying. I don't know what they're saying either. Somebody doesn't like it. I don't know who. It's me. It's Jeremy. It's Jeremy me. doesn't like it. Brian Higgs don't <laughs> like this shit. Dum, 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 dum. You know, but I was shooting, you know, the, the album title Combat Rock. I thought, man. Here they go. They're amping up. We're coming back. Boys. Coming to get you. They're going to knock down that wall. Track number one, know your rights. This shit is bad. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But sadly, I've got not great, but it's way better than anything off the last album. Yeah. You know, and they, they did that for me. They're like, you know what? I'm going to serve you up a plate of shit, and I'm going to follow that up with a plate of toast. Not buttered <laughs> or jellied or anything, just dry a plate toast. of dry toast. And I'm like, this fuck toast is delicious. <laughs> you know, this is good stuff. Yeah. Not really. But compared to the last album, I was like, thank goodness. Yeah, they ate you know, shit on that previous album. I can actually listen to three-fourths of this before I have to turn this shit off. Car jamming. Again, better, better than the last album. Still mm-hmm. awful. Should mm-hmm. I stay or should I go? It's fine. You know, it's overplayed. Yeah. But it's fine. You know, it, it's it's fine. That's just a, it's a fine middle-of-the-road song to me. I don't even know why it was a single, to be honest. You're right. But it's fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rock the Casbah. I don't like it, but it's fine. It's mm-hmm. it's not that big of a deal. It's not like you know it's going to make my blood pressure rise like the last album. Sure. Uh, Red Angel Dragnet. No, no. Straight to hell. This is where we had some conversation because tell them why Hicks. Straight to hell. The track Straight to Hell. I recognized within the first ten seconds. This was the. Kind of the, I want to call it maybe a loop, but the background for the song Paper Planes by, is it MIA? I think it's MIA. I think it's MIA. She might have been called Mia, too. I don't know. But that's a good jam. The Paper Planes is a a good jam. Great jam. I I never knew that that was a clash Yeah, sample. sample. Yeah, and credited. And credited. Credited as a Clash sample. She didn't try to steal it. Yeah. But, you know, I heard that, and I was like, yeah, I I, I don't, actually, I don't think I heard it yet. But you you had pointed out Paper Planes in this song, and, and I was somewhere on this album but not there, and I put that on. I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. Like, that's not just similar. It's blatant. Yeah. And my exact comment to Hicks was like, I wonder if this was intentionally, right? you know, ripped off and, and yeah. credited. And you sent me a screenshot seconds later, like credited. I'm like, cool, cool. Yeah. You know, and, and cool for her to, to find a song off this shitty album that she liked and, and make another song out of it. So there you go, Clash. You inspired the song Paper Planes. And that's great. Because that song's a jam. And that's the great. Somebody had to dig really deep to, yeah. to recognize that. To pull that sample from that song, yeah, that takes a hell of a person too. Because it worked, man. Yeah, and it I worked like well. That. I like that shit. I like it too. Yeah. Really worked. Uh, overpowered by funk. Name says it all on this one. It's just a funk track. Uh, Adam Tan, no thanks. Sean Flynn was track nine. Kenny G again. Ten ghetto defendant. Uh, the police ripped off again. Mm-hmm. 
Inoculated City Track 11, no thanks. 12, Death is a Star. We're getting into the uh, Arctic Monkey titles here. Life is a Disco Laser something. I don't. Fuck, I was like, what the fuck is Death is a Star? This sucks. Uh, Combat Rock I was excited about. And yeah, they, they, they blew it again, in my opinion. I just And this is their biggest selling album, of course. Rock the Casbah and Should I yeah. Stay or Should I Go? Yeah. This is a reminder um, that during the MTV era, singles are what ruled at that time. And mm-hmm. things come full circle. You know, you got the singles of the MTV era starting out. And then, in my opinion, sometime after the 80s, when you get to the 90s, full albums kind of made a return. And people listened to full albums when it came to grunge and stuff. They didn't just jam the singles. Right. But uh, this this album was carried by two singles. And the rest of it, for the most part, I thought was just terrible. Yeah, I think so. so of course, it was the highest selling. It had two hit singles. These guys off the back of Should I Stay or Should I Go played at Madison Square Garden. Full stadium. No shit. You know, I mean, it's, yeah. it's, people loved this shit back then. Yeah. They loved it. You know, I, I probably would have thought it was okay. Yeah. I don't know if I would have loved it. Yeah, I don't know if I would have loved it either. They they probably bought houses off this album. Yeah. Which is good for them. Good for them. Yeah. You know, I still don't like Joe Strummer. I don't really care for his voice much. No. I don't quite understand the full appeal of the band, but there's a lot of people that really love it. And considering there's a lot of people that post TikTok videos like, you know, Tool fans when they hear their song come out. Buttered toast and strawberry jam. <laughs> and they're just like rocking. Like, people don't understand us tool fans for liking that shit. And, and that's fine. I get it. Right. I get it. It's weird. Yeah. It's weird shit. Yeah. And the lyrics make no sense half the time. And you got to decipher. And you, I get it. You know, it's cool. It's fine. Yeah. My buddy Ben Davis Jr. sends me memes all the time about, like, he sent me one with, uh, you know, Christian Bell from American Psycho going, like, you know, pointing at the stereo in amazement. And in the movie, it's Huey Lewis in the news, but in the, the meme, it says, you know, tool when a random air bag air conditioner pops or, or you know, or, a zapper goes off. Yeah. Like, yeah. And I'm like, yeah, that's my shit right there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I get yeah. it. I, I get I get it. it. It's different strokes for different folks sure. kind of thing. I mean, people like mumble rap, and I think that's awful. So, you know, it's we are allowed to have different opinions and like different things. That's just how the world works. Sure. And... I didn't like The Clash so far at all. I mean, there's another album to go. You know how this goes on this show, though. Me and Hicks aren't all of a sudden going to be like, let me tell you something. (laughs) Let me tell you something, brother. When I listened to The Clash and they brought out the 24-inch pythons on Cut the Crap, their last (laughs) studio album, brother, it was Hulkamania. No. No. Cut the Crap also sucks. There was a... uh, couple snippets about this album that they were going back to their punk roots. Uh, I also read some snippets that the producer of the album and Joe Strummer argued the whole time over the direction of this album and what they wanted. I don't think anyone in The Clash liked this album. But what I have, again, is respect for The Clash for saying fuck it after this album cut the crap, and they all walked away and did their own separate thing. Mm. Uh, I don't know what that noise was I just made. It's like, mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this album, uh, there was, uh, I'm looking through my notes and 
there's just nothing. There's some Billy Idol ripoffs, in my opinion, here. There's a lot of 80s sounds. I was just glad it was over. The Cut the Crap album, it's it's regarded as their worst. Sadly, I don't think it is. <laughs> I think it sucks, but it's not their worst. Sandinista is their worst, in my opinion. That was a three-LP journey of pure sewage. Yeah. I just didn't enjoy it. I didn't enjoy The Clash as a whole. But I will tell you that I was encouraged to listen to the first album and come to find that they were punk at one time. Yeah, I think so, too. So... You know, the time and the place, the whole, you know, punk out of the gate. Cool. I, I don't like them. I thought Sex Pistols were better. Ramones were better. Mm -hmm. Iggy and the Stooges were better. Dead Kennedys were better. Black Flag was better. Rod Stewart was better. <laughs> Mary Barry Manilow was better. What, John was I've way been, better. What year did the uh, Ramones, what were the Ramones years? I think it was 76. Okay. Let me check real quick. But I was definitely... I, I told Hicks, we really need something to kick our ass. I feel like we're on a streak yeah. of just things that aren't... The Beastie Boys really fucked all these bands. Ramones were 76. So okay. technically, you had Iggy uh -huh. and the Stooges, and then you had the Ramones, mm -hmm. and... I don't know if the Sex Pistols was 76 or not. 77. Technically, 77. the Ramones and Iggy and the Stooges really got things kicked off. Yeah. It's a, and the Ramones yeah. took Iggy and the Stooges' sound and made it straight punk. Because Iggy and the Stooges was kind of, kind of a mix of things. Yeah, it was. There was some Bowie-like shit, some weird experimental shit. Yeah. But it started out punk, just like The Clash. Yeah. So I have more respect for the Ramones now, too. I do like the Ramones, and I have jammed some Ramones. I haven't jammed at all. It could be a future episode for yeah, all I know. Yeah, I haven't jammed at all either. I've only jammed the biggest hits and maybe me the too. first album. So me too. Maybe that's in order at some point. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the Clash is kind of what I thought they were. I didn't listen yeah. to them back in the day because of those songs not being punk to me. I am glad that I found their first punk album. I won't be listening to it again, but it led to me researching albums around the same time that I didn't know. I knew most of them. But like I said, the Saints were there. Yeah. There's some other bands I've yet to check out that were around the same era. But the Clash, uh, just it's just not for me. It's not for me. I, I put them... I, I, the police did it better when it comes to that reggae and experimental yeah. rock slash reggae sound. I think the police are a better band. And I don't love them, but I didn't hate them. Right, yeah. So I was overall disappointed because it was what i thought it was but at least i did discover that they had produced some punk tracks yeah yeah is what it is joe strummer went on to do some shit you sent me something what was that called big audio dynamite was big his audio dynamite project post that was some the clash funky shit oh my gosh it was bad when i heard it was really bad funky funky shit yeah so Clash, not a huge fan. Um, the respect is kind of there, but... It I, is. I mean, you know, that's... For, for a band to come out in 77, mm -hmm. obviously they were working on this album before a whole lot of punk came out. Yeah. So it's like, you know, they were trendsetters, groundbreakers yeah. in a way. I just don't think they did it as well as the rest. Yeah, I think that they are a link in a very important chain. Yeah, small link. Yeah. Yeah, 
And maybe they're linking a bigger chain elsewhere for other music fans that, that enjoyed the experimentation and the reggae and the the weird. I mean, they did. There's a shitload of genres on their albums. I'll give them that. Yeah. I just don't think it was good. Yeah, I don't either. Like if somebody gave me a shit ton of instruments, like I want you to try to fuse as many genres into this album as possible. Okay. It's not going to be good, but okay. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's going to yeah. be fucking garth brooks and guar mixed into one gonna be guarth brooks wow <laughs> got no friends and places you know it's, it's gonna be weird as shit it's, i can't promise it'll be good but i'll do it yeah i'll fucking do it <laughs> not for me i'm glad it's over i'm glad, glad i appreciate the fact that we dug deep into the clash discography now we know yeah and i'm and i'm glad that we decided to do this whole two-week thing where we get two weeks to jam out the bands and we can listen to what we want to in between because it's needed. You know, yeah, I, yeah. I just, there's no way I could listen to The Clash all week. We wouldn't have got through it. We wouldn't have got done. We barely got done as is, oh, you know, because yeah. it was, it was tough. It was tough. It was just, it was just not for me. I didn't dig that shit at all. I don't know what's next. Of, of course, you all find out Monday what it is. I think it is time to go. You know, Tilly, Brian's wife, suggested we need some more females in there, and I sure. agree. Sure. So maybe it's Blondie or Joan Jett or, you know, maybe or we, we just dig a little bit and, and find out who it's going to be. But I need something different. Yeah, you know, I need, too. you know, whether it's a female-fronted band or a, or a different genre altogether, I don't, I don't know. I need something different, you know. This led me in a, a good direction. Took me down a punk path, and I'm yeah. glad because we've yeah. been rocking out some good shit because sure. of this. Sure, but uh, definitely need something else for the review. And I apologize. I I told everybody that we'd be doing a, a first episode of TRL Topic Request Live last Friday. Turns out we needed a week off. It it came in a good place. Hicks needed Friday off. I needed Friday off. So mm -hmm. we said piss on it. Mm -hmm. You know, we're not making any money doing this stuff. It's early in the process. Sure. And so we, we didn't do that this week. So so next week, you know, as long as things go according to plan, we're just going to sit in here and let you guys throw topics at us on Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, and Twitter. If there's not many of you there, which there probably won't be because, again, it's in its infancy, we've got some topics ready anyways, but we're just going to have a good time with sure. no, no music talk. Sure. That way we can still, you know, chill on Friday, have a good time, suck a few down. By that, I mean beers, not wieners. <laughs> Talk about some funny shit and then bring you the next band the following week. But uh, I feel like we're getting, there's got to be a point where we've got most of the shit out of the way, but I know that's not true. <laughs> I know. I know it's not true. I, I just, this, this podcast reminds me of how picky I am. I am so. Oh, picky. I'm very picky. Extremely. And picky. I know you sent me a message offline. Um, are we? You, you sent me a question. Are we music snobs? <laughs> yeah, man. I, I, I really, yeah. and I think I am. I really do, because I don't like anything unless I like it. <laughs> yeah. You know, it, it's got to really hit me right for me to to really give it proper respect. <laughs> I know. I feel the same way. I mean, it's just got it's just got to do it for me. And when we were, we had a conversation today. Like, thank God for Hicks on this one. Like, I went into work today, and I, you know, I've got it kind of made as far as work goes. I can listen to music the whole day that I'm working, and I enjoy that. 
desk job, office job, right. jam out music. And I get to work this morning. I'm like, man, I have no idea what I want to hear, but it's not The Clash. I had finished The Clash already. So I'm like, you know, I'm not going to revisit that shit. And Hicks sent me a message like, what's your favorite Blink-182 song? Yeah. My wife hates that band. Does she? She hates them. I've yeah. got my kids liking them. Well, yeah. one out of two. I'm one out of three. I don't know if my oldest son likes them or not. Yeah. But my my seven year old Jude loves Blink One Eighty Two. Okay, he loves them. Yeah. And I, and I, that makes me happy because, and I'm sure there's some people that'll hear this that'll be like, so he slammed the Clash, <laughs> but he likes Blink One Eighty Two. Listen. <laughs> Blink-182, some of the shit didn't age well. The Enema of the State album with, like, all the small things and shit, I can't listen to that right, anymore. I right. just don't dig it. Yeah. But 2001, Take Off Your Pants and Jacket, most clever album title of all time. Sure, yeah. It's referring to a jacket and a pair of jeans, by the way. <laughs> but it's also subliminal as in Take Off Your Pants and Jacket. They're brilliant. Like, you know, you haven't gotten any in a while, so why don't you just... Take off your pants and jacket, to which <laughs> yeah. I say, don't go tell me twice. <laughs> that album, 2001 and forward, you know, I fell in love with Blink again. They have a self-titled album, I think, is one of the best albums in my, you know, they're, they're, it's a top all-time album for me. Okay. And then the last two albums from Blink-182, they lost Tom DeLonge, who's off doing his UFO shit. Uh-huh. And they got Matt Skiba from Alkaline Trio. That's where he's from. Yep. Okay. Matt I Skiba know that. from Alkaline Trio, badass band. If you never jam them, but I think you did. Yeah. 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 Um, I, I love Matt Skiba. So those two albums are really good to me. But I, I jammed out Blink One Eighty Two today, and I'll tell you what, hate on them if you want. They actually are. I just think they're a good band. Yeah. Like, I, I think they're just a good band. Travis Barker's a badass. Oh, he's badass. I've always loved yeah. the voices, even Tom DeLonge's. Like, you know, I, I just, I like that band. I always have. And, uh, you know, that's, again, going down that punk path. Like, there's shit I like that people are going to look at as Nickelback. And Blink-182 is kind of a Nickelbackish band to a lot of people. You know, people are like, I hate that shit. Yeah. I like it. So, different strokes for different folks. Sure. You know, just a little... Lesson there. Tool, Blink-182. like that shit. I just do. <laughs> yeah. Nickelback, Dire Straits, Clash. I don't. You know, it's okay. It's yeah. it's okay. Yeah. It's fine. What are you going to do? <laughs> what are you going to do? If you came to hear us love everything, this is the problem with the reaction channel that we were doing on YouTube that I don't know if it's still going or not. People hated us for not liking shit. Like, dude, like, you know, turn the channel. Turn the channel. If, if we don't like your band, just turn the channel to someone that does. Everyone else on YouTube loves everything they listen to. Go watch them. I treat it as if I have something that I want you to, to, to eat and you don't like it, I'm not going to get pissed off at you because yeah. you don't think that this tastes good. Green beans. Fucking hate them. And if you somebody really? looks at me, oh, yeah, fucking hate that shit. They make me gag. See, I, I love green beans. Fucking hate them. But. Are you mad at me? I'm not mad at you. See? That's <laughs> yeah. the way it should be. That's the way it should be. That's the way it should be. I got a story about why I hate green beans. <laughs> Save that for next week's yeah. episode. I a story hear. about why I hate green beans. <laughs> mm, it's a good one. It's juicy. Unlike <laughs> green beans. Yeah, I just don't like them shits. Yeah. It happens. 
But yeah, anyways, thanks for joining us. Hopefully you Clash fans aren't too mad at us. I just didn't dig it, man. If they would have stayed on a punk path and maybe grew as a punk band, maybe they would have got me. Yeah. But instead, they wanted to do like, Joe Strama can't sing. <laughs> can't sing, guys. He can't sing very well. Couldn't even bullshit his way through it. I don't think so. No. But we we, we live to see another day. As the guy from the Waterboy says, we'll figure out what we're listening to next. Join us next week, assuming we don't have anything pop up for TRL with Barkin Daily and Chick Hicks. It's going to be good shit. <laughs> it's just going to be random as shit, man. Join us. If, if you listen to the podcast and you listen to us live on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, join us again. The, the TRL live part will be on the stuck of my generation page the podcast is going to be on its own separate podcast topic request live so you know you can listen to it after the fact on podcast platforms topic request live or trl you can watch it live the same way you watched this live right here on these channels so yeah james says if everyone likes same things it would be boring absolutely exactly. it would be very boring exactly. i would not like to walk up to someone every day and be like blink 182 and then be like oh yeah son <laughs> i like to hear that like they suck and i'm like no they don't and here's why oh you're not gonna listen to me okay well i'm not gonna listen to you either it's fine that's how it works so it would be boring but we'll see you next week next friday bring the topics if you're listening to the podcast again please Come on the live Stuck in My Generation page on YouTube, Twitter, Twitch. Just Google Stuck in My Generation podcast. It's going to pop up. You're going to find your source to watch it. Bring some topics for us. Yep. It'll be fun. We will not turn down a topic unless it's hateful. Sure. It can be as filthy or gross or weird or fucked up as you want. The only way we're going to say no, we're not talking about that if it has something to do with hate speech. That's right. We'll see you guys next time. The Clash is trash to us. <laughs> That's right. That's all. It, it, it's just, we're sorry. Thank you for listening to Stuck in My Generation. Again, if you want to suggest bands for us to listen to, send it over to stuckinmygeneration at gmail.com. 